What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's a really special thing. And we, we'll, we, we can kind of keep talking about this as we kind of keep going on the podcast. But that's kind of a central theme to this is just is Matt Campbell and Jamie Pollard's relationship. And just why Matt Campbell is he's built different. He is just built differently than than just about any other coach you're going to see. These are the tales of college football past as you've never heard them before. Our guests tell stories blending team seasons, on and off field moments, memories of personal fandom catastrophe and elation, and yes, alcohol. I'm Jeremy. I'm Matt. I'm Joe. And I'm Kyle. We do the work, you tell the story. These are the college football stories. Hey everybody, I'm Levi Stevenson and I'm here to tell you about the Matt Campbell era at Iowa State. So we start off a long time ago in an Ohio town far, far away. When Matt Campbell was coaching the Toledo Rockets and a young upcoming running back named Kareem Hunt. And Iowa State went there. And Paul Rhodes decided to shit his pants. And not and he took a timeout. Instead of instead of, you know, moving the ball to the middle of the field, he took a timeout and left it on a hash mark. And an unassuming kicker named Cole Netton, who had become my podcast co host, missed the stupid fucking field goal. And I would say lost at Toledo in the goddamn glass bowl, which is the dumbest stadium in the history of football. Um, and then later in that season, Iowa State went down to Kansas State with a two and ten, or what? Fuck, I don't know what we were. Three and eight. Who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. Three and eight. We're down there. Mike okay. Warren, freshman running back. He's run for twelve hundred yards on the season. We're like, fuck yeah, this is dumb. It doesn't matter. But we've got a good running back. Who gives a shit? And the quarterback's from Ankeny, whatever. We go down there. We have 35-14 lead at halftime. We're all partying. It's a good time. We're having a good time. And then we go on one of the great, one of the real great second half collapses of all time. 
35-14 halftime lead. What did I say? 35-14? I don't give a shit. 35-14 halftime lead evaporates on the back of four fumbles in five possessions. The, if you, the, the, the drive summary of the second half went turnover on downs, punt, fumble, punt, fumble, fumble, fumble to end the game. And we lost 38-35, and Paul Rhodes was immediately canned. And we were going through the process, and we're like, hey, Matt Campbell seems like a cool guy. But you know what? P.J. Flex seems like a fucking obnoxious idiot, but he sounds like he might be a good football coach, but who knows? And then there's like a few other guys, like Matt Wells and shit. Fuck it, whatever. doesn't matter. It's Iowa State football. Who gives a shit? We don't. Well, that's a lie. We do. We drink because we love Iowa State football. But... But anyway, so we get going, and we hire Matt Campbell, and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And uh, turns out, <laughs> who the fuck is this guy? He's a really fucking good football coach. <clears throat> so we get going, and we're all like, trust the process. It's going to be great. And we're like, oh, that's cool. We're going to lose three, <laughs> lose a bunch of games next season. And we did. Um, but, you know, it's funny because we came in, we're all like all hyped up, like Matt Campbell. Got all these good recruits. We got Dave Montgomery, and he's like, but who's that guy? Because he's like a low three star running back. We've got Joe Lanning, and we've got Mike Warren. Mike Warren's going to be good, but the rest of the team's going to suck. So we go in, and what does he do in the first game? I'm in Iceland at this point in time, and I'm in, sitting at a hotel in Reykjavik, Iceland, and we lose to fucking you and I at four in the morning. So that was dumb. Now that was now that was the team's fault for realizing that you don't fuck around with you and I. You don't you don't fuck around with Northern Iowa. If you fuck around with Northern Iowa, you're going to get your ass beat. Um, we did that and that was not good. Not good at all. We get going and the team starts, they, they can, they keep losing games. It is what it is. Um, but they get going and then we get to the Texas tech game, the magical Texas tech game late in the season game. Super doesn't matter. I would say it's like two and nine at this point. Who gives a shit? And Pat Mahomes and the Texas Tech Red Raiders come rolling into town. We're like, what the fuck? Who gives a shit? We're looking okay, but yeah, who knows? And Matt Campbell, John Haycock, and Joel Lanning, and the rest of the Iowa State Cyclones proceed to deli- to dish out one of the four, I would say, one of the four totally unrepentant ass beatings of the Matt Campbell era, um, where they beat Pat Mahomes and the Texas Tech Raiders 66 to 10 on the back of Joel Lanning's five touchdown run to five rushing touchdowns. Yeah. This was Joel Lanning when he was still a quarterback, full-time quarterback, um, rushing for five touchdowns, equaling the single game record of Troy Davis, who was a running runner up for the Heisman trophy, um, back in 96. Yes. 96. It was like sixth place in 95 and 96. He was a runner up. Anyways, we sucked at football back then, which is, Kind of what we did at football for a long time. But we were like, wow, that was dope. We just beat Pat Mahomes. And it's even better now now looking back at Patrick Mahomes saying we beat that we beat that guy sixty six to ten. John Haycock is his daddy. And uh we get going, two thousand seventeen. As legend has it, as legend has spoken through the I don't know, through Matt Campbell and Dave Montgomery is that uh, by the time January rolls around, the football staff's in there watching film and doing all this stuff. They're doing what they're supposed to do. And the players are, you know, they're getting ready for their, they're doing the first week of classes or whatever. And they, it's like Friday night. It's like midnight. Dave Montgomery's in there 
lifting weights and running drills and shit. They're like, what the hell is this guy doing? And as they kind of get gone over the next couple of weeks, next about the next month or two, more and more players started showing up. Dave Montgomery started baiting a bunch of people to coming in, coming out and working out in the facility at 1 a.m. on a, you know, at 11 o'clock on a Friday night, 1 a.m. on a Saturday morning uh, to start working out and running drills. Got all the teammates to do that instead of going out to the bars. And uh, 2017 rolls around. And uh, throughout that season, we kind of went back and forth between like Joel Lanning and uh, Jacob Park as the quarterback and all this. And all of a sudden, we get to the Oklahoma game, 2017. Coming off a loss to Texas, lost to Texas. And it was not good. They, they debuted the Bugle logo, which if you look it up, looks real bad. Dumb logo. Should never use it again. Actually, that's not true. The Bugle logo is fine. It looks good in like gymnastics uniforms and wrestling uniforms. On a helmet, it's butt cheeks. It's butt cheeks on a helmet. Just bare, shitty butt cheeks. Um, looks bad. Then they went back. So we find out like on a Monday. Jacob Park ain't playing. And we're going to be putting in Kyle Kempt. We being like me and my staff, not the general public. We didn't know this. But from Monday, we're panicking like, holy shit. This, we we just lost a pretty good quarterback for the, probably for the, you know, probably for the foreseeable future, maybe the whole season. And we're putting in a guy that has not thrown a pass in a college game since high school. Or he has never thrown a college pass. He's never started a game, never thrown a pass in college. He's a fifth year senior. Kyle Kemp from Maslin, Ohio. And we get to the Oklahoma game. And it starts out, Oklahoma kind of does their thing. They get a they get a nice little pass out the middle to um, Dimitri Flowers on a little leak on a little leak out to the side. But all of a sudden, Iowa State starts scoring points. Dave Montgomery's kind of doing his thing. Joe Lanning's doing his thing. Um Trevor Ryan has a nice touchdown. Another future podcast co-host of mine, Marchie Murdoch, has a nice touchdown. And all of a sudden, I would say it's getting ready to pull off an upset in Norman, Oklahoma, over the number, I want to say, four Oklahoma Sooners. I'll find that. I'm going to fact check that later. Number one in Kyle's heart. Number one in Kyle's Number one in our hearts. Three, I think. Number three? Even better. Number three, Joel Lanning, while playing both sides of the ball and cooking a brisket on the sidelines, goes out there and has an amazing game. Sacks Breaker Mayfield a couple times, does his thing. Alan Lazard catches just totally mosses a dude in the end zone. Alan Lazard continues to be the most underappreciated receiver in, I don't know, Big 12 history. Ridiculous. He's a ridiculous player. That's the wine real quick. And then um, we get to this. Unstoppable. Or sorry, okay, let me just We beat Oklahoma and went undefeated in uh, in October, which that was just our thing. We just we did good in October. We beat TCU at home fourteen to seven in a defensive game that was kind of a, it was kind of an ugly game. It wasn't that fun to watch. But anyways, we get to these un uh, just unstoppable, relentless, abominable shit show that is the Kansas State game in two thousand seventeen. Oh, I need to take a, take a deep breath. <sighs> okay. So we go in there. Dave Montgomery's hurt, and he's not playing, and we're also missing Dylan Sainer that game. 
Or wait, no, Sam Seen Buckner were missing that game as well, which is actually almost a bigger loss because he just he kind of makes the whole run game work. So, anyways, it's a pretty close the whole game. It's a low scoring game. It's Kansas State. It's Bill Snyder, Kansas State. So it's a dumb, stupid game that doesn't nobody wants to watch. And <sighs> Iowa State is leading. They're pushing the ball downfield. And not once, not twice, but three times, they threw flags on the field for pass interference. And all three times, they picked up the flag and said, nah, wasn't it wasn't pass interference. It's the biggest bunch of bullshit I've ever seen in my life. It is. It's been, I should be over it. It's been almost three and a half years, but I'm not over it because it's dumb as fuck. I don't give a fuck. Bill Snyder's dumb, stupid vampire. Um, we get going, and it was, I, we need to like show pictures. I don't, this is the problem with podcasts. I can't show a picture of this complete and total nonsense. This is stupid. There's a reason Jake Trotter said that we were the only, we were the only fan base in college football that gets to, that like is justifiably can complain about the refs. Um, this dumb game. We ended up losing because Skylar Thompson's a bitch, and he threw a touchdown at the last second. Um, he's not a bitch. He's a good quarterback, but I don't care. I'm call him a bitch because he beat Iowa State. <clears throat> and uh, so then we go into 2018. 2018, we're like, hmm. We won the Liberty Bowl. That's pretty cool. We beat Memphis at their own stadium. Alan Lazar got the most ridiculous trophy of all time. It's a huge golden eagle for being the player of the game in the Liberty Bowl. All that. You guys can stop me anytime. I'm just going to keep talking. Um, no, this is good. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, we get to 2018, and we're like, fuck, we might be a good team. We got Keem Butler, Dave Montgomery, Kyle Kemp's back for another year. Fuck yeah. Good defense. Mm-hmm. So we go to Iowa, and we get our asses kicked. That was not great. <laughs> Uh, Kyle Kemp gets hurt in the first quarter. Zeb Nolan shits his pants. Um, yeah, it wasn't good. Um, yeah, it was like 17 to 7. It was a really ugly game. I don't even know what the score. I try to block that out from my memory. Um, I'm going to open the black label here pretty quick. But so we get going. And uh, so now Zeb Nolan is the starting quarterback because Kyle Kemp has a knee injury and he can't play. Um, I believe we played, I want to say we played Akron next, and it went fine. We beat Akron. Um, they're just, they're Akron, whatever. Um, and then we played Oklahoma really close, and Akeem Butler had one of the best highlights of his entire career. Um, one of the best games of his entire career. He destroyed Oklahoma that game. Um, that was that was a fun game to watch, and he was really good that game. Um, Zeb Nolan had a really good game. We were feeling pretty good about Zeb Nolan, honestly, after that point. We knew he was pretty talented kid and he proved it against that Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma ended up winning because um, they, I believe that was, was that, no, that wasn't the Kyle Murray year. That was, that was still Baker. Or no, wait. Mm, no, that was Kyler Murray. That was Kyler Murray. It was Kyler Murray. Yes. So, but, but I mean, but yeah, that guy is ridiculous. I've never seen somebody that like when they run, they look like when Kyler Murray runs, it looks like a three-year-old that stole some candy from the kitchen and he's trying to get away from his parents. It's like, <laughs> like nobody can catch him and he like baseball slides everywhere, but it's fucking hilarious to watch him run. Um, he's a really good player though. I, no disrespect to Kyler Murray. He just runs funny. Um, but anyways, played, play good loss, but overall feeling all right. 
So let me go down to TCU. I actually went down to this game at TCU. And they um it's like like when babies have like a really full diaper and there's like green poop up their back and stuff like that. That's kind of what happened to Iowa State. They kind of pooped up their back and it was real bad. Um Zeb Nolan had like ninety eight yard passing or something like that. Some some stupid number like that. It was real it was a real 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 bad game. It didn't go well. We lost. Um and uh, so after that, we knew Zeb Nolan was kind of on the hot seat because he was already a backup quarterback, and he just played a real bad game. So then we go to Oklahoma State for the third conference game of the season. Zeb Nolan gets a first drive. That's fine. It's not great. It's not good enough to keep him in because there is a young, true freshman coming off the bench named Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Rock Purdy. So funny. Before we get into this, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a funny story about Brock Purdy. So, going into uh, the 2018 season, I was doing I was at a charity event uh, that Matt Campbell was hosting. Called it was uh, Charlie's Angels. Charlie is a little girl that has cystic fibrosis. They raise money for her and every, uh, raise money for cystic fibrosis and all this. Um, but this luncheon, the, he does it. He he comes and talks a little bit and does a little you know fun little Q and A with all the people that are there, and me being a dumbass, I was like, I'm gonna ask him a real question. And uh so I asked him like, so who's like who are the freshmen that we should keep an eye on? You know, he's talking about like Real Mitchell, and we should talk about um I'm trying to think who was in that freshman class. Real Mitchell, I used to talk Mitch a few guys. And at the very end, I still don't know to this day if he was just like throwing it out there or if he was just kind of being cocky and he's he was like, Look, all these idiots, they don't know. But at the end, he goes, Yeah, another guy you might want to keep your eye on is Brock Purdy. He's a pretty good player. And I was like, all right, I don't know who that guy is, but sounds cool. And then he's, he's Brock Purdy. Um, but, yeah, to, to this day, I really don't know if he was being just being cocky. Like, he's like, look at these, all these idiots. They don't know who Brock Purdy is. They're going to know. But over he was just being modest, I don't know. I, I'm, I choose to believe he was being cocky, and he just, he just was like, look at all these idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. Brock Purdy's going to be awesome. Um so we get going, and Brock Purdy ticks over in the second series and plays a ridiculous football game. Oklahoma State has no answer for him. He's running all over the place. He's tossing crazy touchdown passes. To Hakeem. Like, if you watch Brock Purdy's first career touchdown pass against Oklahoma that game, he finds Hakeem Butler in the side of the end zone. He makes this, this, this uh, tiptoe catch on the side. It was on, like, Unstoppable. I mean, there's it was just a completely ridiculous throw, ridiculous catch. I mean, there was there was nothing anybody was going to do to defend that. And he's busting out this pump fake that like, what the hell's going on here? Like he's he's taking a QB keeper off on a bootleg to the left, and he just pump fakes, and the defender's like, what the hell's going on? Because because Tariq Milton is over on the side, and he gets he like just drops that dude on his ass, and Brock Purdy runs free, totally untouched, like twenty five yards into the end zone. I mean, Oklahoma State has no idea what's happening. And all of a sudden, Brocktober has started. And they go on. They win every single game in October. Um, look really good doing it. Um, partially, and one of the games in part of that Brocktober s- stretch in 2018 was the West Virginia game, which was the debut of the now infamous Iowa State black uniforms, um, which every Iowa State fan pretty much loves. And everybody else is like, why are you wearing black? It's not your color. I mean, like, I don't give a fuck. It's a black uniform. Um, and it's dope. 
So anyways, we go into West Virginia. They're the number six team in the country. They've got Will Greer. They've got um, David Sills. They've got a really good team. And Iowa State goes down there and delivers the second unrepentant ass-beating of the Matt Campbell era. And West Virginia has no idea what they're doing. Will Greer gets sacked seven times. Um, Brock Purdy has a great game. Hakeem Butler has a touchdown. Uh, Charlie Kohler's got a touchdown. Dave Montgomery gets a touchdown. You know, all this great, great night. Also the debut of the Juicy Wiggle for Iowa State. That's a very inside joke. Not inside joke, but it's an inside thing. If you look up the Juicy Wiggle by Red Foo, it's a song. It's great. Um, just look it up. Anyways, that was the debut of that. That's a that's a that's a that's a new tradition for us now at this point. And then we get to the Oklahoma State game in two thousand eight. Uh, in two, sorry, I'm ahead of myself. Two thousand seventeen. That was the dumbass Oklahoma State game. We went two thousand eighteen. We won. Anyways, two thousand eighteen. We get going. We win a bunch of games. Um, and we get to the Alamo Bowl playing Washington State, which we found out is kind of like the Iowa State of the Pac-12. They just they're just kind of like a little drinking school out in the middle of nowhere. So we're like, this is great. Now it turns out they really can't hang. Super cannot hang at the bars with Iowa State fans, but that's okay. We don't judge. Um, they ended up beating us, which is a bummer. On the because any Wazirike got ejected on the dumbest. Dumbest targeting call of all time because targeting is a stupid penalty. Um, but yeah, but it was good. It was a really good time. San Antonio was a lot of fun. We hosted a live radio show there. It was a lot of fun. I would go to San Antonio again in a heartbeat. I walked past the Alamo a couple times, all of them extraordinarily drunk. Yeah. Uh, I was never sober walking past the Alamo. <laughs> um, Fucking Alamo Bowl, yeah. So we had a we had a party at we had a we hosted a live radio show. I had a party at I'm, I need whiskey. Um, probably doesn't sound like it, but I don't give a fuck. One second here. This was a crazy. Like I didn't realize how expensive Black Label was. It's not cheap. Mm-hmm. I chose to use this over my Slipknot whiskey. I don't know if you guys know what um, Slipknot, like the rock band, is. It's well. Well, that's what we do. It's a dark stadium, and everyone does does this with their phones. Um, Joe Val's side comment was, "That's mid major as fuck." <laughs> <laughs> so you don't even care, man. Around and you call that dancing. That sounds fair. <laughs> it's a lot cooler in person. It's oh, that is right. spicy whiskey. Um, 
I want to hear more about uh, the Slipknot whiskey. I'm probably yeah. Probably so Slip, the, well, you, you know the rock band. Slipknot fan on the East Coast. So I was like, yeah, like Slipknot's a rock band. For anybody that doesn't know, it's a heavy metal. It's a really good rock band. They're from Des Moines. Um, well, Corey Taylor's actually from Waterloo, but the rest of the band's from Des Moines. Um, they still live in Des Moines, <clears throat> but they paired up with Cedar Cedar Ridge Distillery, which is just south of Cedar Rapids over here, and they actually made their own whiskey, and it's really good. Do they just um, put it outside of like Iowa? Um, that I don't know. I gotta get. It is really good, and it did win. It did win an award for best. It like won the national award for best celebrity whiskey or something like that. But Uh, like, genuinely, really good whiskey. You're not getting whiskey outside of Iowa. They drink all they can and sell the rest. Uh, Well, well, Iowa's thing is we drink Bush Light. (laughs) That's our thing. Those guys on here. Oklahoma had the Hanson Brothers, and the Hanson Brothers were this little pop band. And after they got done being a young pop band, they created their own brewery and they make mmm hops, which is yeah, a beer. Well, and most people don't know too that like Templeton Rye, like from American Pie, the song like drinking whiskey and rye. Templeton Rye, that's from Templeton, Iowa, stuff like that. Uh, where the fuck were we? We talking about football? Where were we? Um, so 2019, working off two consecutive eight-win seasons. Feeling pretty good. We've got Brock Purdy. He looks really good. Uh, unfortunately, it's still been since 2009 since Iowa State has had a quarterback start every game of a season, which is not a good stat. Um, but we're going into 2019. Now, granted, you lose Hakeem Butler and Dave Montgomery. But you bring in some good players like Brees Hall, and you bring in Michael Petway as a grad transfer. Um, and guys like Charlie Kohler are starting to kind of emerge a little bit. Greg Eisworth had a good season in 2018. You think he can follow it up? Um, so we're still like, we're going to be pretty good. Um, there's still, I mean, there were some question marks, but we're, you know, we're going to be pretty good. Um, and they go out, they have a really up and down season. They finished the regular season, I think it was a 7 5. Or no. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Seven and five. Yes. They yep. feel so they finished seven and five in the regular season. Um, Brock Purdy's kind of up and down. Uh, the first few games of the season weren't great because they didn't have a, they didn't really have a steady running back situation. Um, obviously, Brees Hall eventually emerged in that season. Um, having a really good um, eight, whatever eight games he played. Brock, Brees Purdy, or sorry, Brees Purdy, Brock Hall. Brees Hall was very, very good in the games he did start. Um, but it took him a little bit to get up to speed. Um, and the defense was okay. Um, they had a lot of trouble, especially with the nose tackle spot. Ray Lima, who was coming back at the time, was one of the best defensive players in the entire conference and just really had a bummer of the season. He was he really underperformed that season. And if you know anything about the odd stack defense, the nose tackle is critical in that whole in that whole thing to make it work to be able to stop run gaps, to get a little bit of pressure up the middle on the quarterback. Um, that nose tackle spot is really really key, and and the nose tackles were just not good uh, in 2019. And in the 5 but somehow ended in the Camping World Bowl with Notre Dame, which was cool because we got put in a bowl game with Notre Dame. Um, Found out not super prepared to play in that game. Um, And and I think that game was where we found out that what the the difference between being good 
it ain't really good. We found that. We found out the difference. And it's especially on the offensive and defensive lines, which is where Notre Dame owned that game. They they owned the trenches in the Camping World Bowl. Um, they just did whatever they wanted on on the offensive line. They gave Brock Purdy all sorts of fits. Um, but the unexpected good part to come out of that game was that right after, basically, as the kind of the, the story goes, um, they landed the names. They got off the plane, and Matt Campbell fired the strength coach on the tarmac, basically, which was interesting. Rudy Wade at the time, which is interesting because Matt Campbell has a kid named Rudy, who was named after Rudy Wade, um, longtime friend of Matt Campbell. Basically, fired him on the tarmac after they got back from the camping world bowl and say this is not good enough because our offensive line just got destroyed by a Notre Dame. So and they you're hired TV that a coach with a son named after Rudy, the strength and conditioning coach fired Rudy, the strength and conditioning coach after Correct. losing to the team that let Rudy play and score a Correct. touchdown at the end of the game. A hundred percent. That is exactly what happened. So um, right. Yes. Yes. It's a, it's a, that's like a very baseball thing to happen where it's like, there's no reason it should be this weird, but it is. Um, um, but anyway, so they hire after after firing Rudy Wade, they hire Dave Andrews from Pittsburgh, which is he's regard he was at Illinois, then went to Pittsburgh. There's kind of an interesting tie in there because Marchie Murdoch, who is former Iowa State receiver and now my podcast host, before he transferred to Iowa State, he was at Illinois, and Dave Andrews was his strength coach. Then he went, you know, Dave Andrews went to Pittsburgh. Former Iowa State receiver Trevor Ryan, who caught a touchdown pass in that Oklahoma game was an assistant at Bowling Green and then at Pittsburgh under Dave Andrews. And they brought the whole crew back to Iowa State. So Dave Andrews and Trevor Ryan and a few other people are now the, now the strength staff at Iowa State. And I said at the time, too, um, that right if they made that move, I thought that that was going to be, we're going to look back in five years and say, hiring Dave Andrews was the single best move that Matt Campbell made this whole time that Matt Campbell made was the best thing he did to make himself more successful was to hire Dave Andrews as a strength coach. Cause as, as any player will tell you, head coach is most important. The second most important hire in your program is the strength coach because he sets the foundation for your players. He helps develop your walk-ons. He makes your starters better. He does everything. The, the, he lays the foundation for your entire program, your strength coach. And they hired a good one, really good one. And he, he kind of looks like Kratos from God of War. Um, if anyone's a video game fan, but he, I immediately said, I was like, this is going to be the, this, this guy is going to turn about to be the biggest hire of the Matt Campbell era period. So now we're going into 2020. Obviously we've got all this COVID stuff going on. Nobody can work out in the gyms. Everyone's doing their own thing at home, which we find before 2020. Let's um, you look a little thirsty. I am well. I am, but the problem is all I've got is this this whiskey that is, How is fighting it? me. It's fighting me. You should put a little uh, water in it. Just <sighs> I don't get. I don't get less coherent when I'm drunk. I'm like I'm still a pretty coherent drunk. I just get more talkative. And yeah, like you I don't. Like, I don't a sandwich like... or something? I, don't know. <laughs> I could. I mean. <laughs> I was going to order a pizza before, but it was a 55-minute wait. 
55 minutes. Okay, so that would be great. Funny because the gas station is literally the gas station is literally like 100 feet away from my house. I was just too lazy to go get it. So, anyways, I mean, I'm a bottle of wine and four bush lights deep. I mean, I know you're doing great. I'm drunker than you think I am. Um, football 2020. Okay, I didn't take the cork off my wine screw. It's bad luck. Still smells like cork. <laughs> you ever uh, soaked a cork? <laughs> From a long family of cork soakers. <laughs> Can't wait to see your tr- transition back to uh, football from that. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> ah. Okay. We're back. Genital herpes. Um, it's a condition that a lot of people live with. <laughs> You should always tell your partner before you before you give him to herps. <laughs> He's back with alcohol. He's back. Save me. <laughs> don't worry. I brought All right, you. I'm back. What did I miss? I have a Snapchat. <laughs> we don't need we don't need to revisit. A genital herpes infomercial. <laughs> Get our sponsor. <laughs> Get tested. Um. Uh, football. Okay. Twenty twenty football. Twenty twenty is a dumb year, but Iowa State was not a dumb football team in twenty twenty. I need to get a deep breath. I feel like I ran a marathon. All I did was take a drink of whiskey. All right. We're coming into the season. We're supposed to be playing South Dakota first and then Iowa and then playing UNLV at home. And then COVID was like, here's this. And a bunch of games got canceled. And we ended up having to play the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, which retrospectively, not a great idea. Um, first game coming off of a COVID summer, bunch of guys hadn't practiced for a couple weeks because of tracing, because of contact tracing, and you lose to Louisiana, and we're all like, "Oh my God, nuke this season to the sun! This is dumb." To the Sun Belt, yeah, <laughs> fuck, it's dumb. Um. I really hate that you made that joke. <sighs> I'm just emotional right now. Um, and then we get... I would say just totally shifts their pants in the Louisiana game. Brock Purdy has a terrible game. Race Hall still has 120 yards or whatever it is. Um, defense 
And defense okay. Special teams has a monumentally bad game, giving up two return touchdowns in the same game. And we go down to TCU, a team which has still scarred me from the last time we played there when Zeb Nolan passed for like 98 yards. Oh. And it was bad. I don't like playing at TCU. And uh, we won, despite Brock Purdy making maybe the dumbest play in college football history. Um, he's getting sacked. He's like halfway to the ground. He just just throws just throws it straight up in the air, directly to a TCU defender who proceeds to mosey into the end zone. Brock Purdy's kind of squirrely sometimes, but anyways, um, we get going. They they win at TCU. I don't care. Brock Purdy goes like 20, 20 of twenty six or something like that. Honestly, pretty good. Outside of the worst turnover in football history, actually. Not terrible. Um, and the third game comes up. We're playing Oklahoma at home. We're not feeling super confident, but we're like, you know what? We've played Oklahoma. We've played Oklahoma close. We can figure it out. Brace Hall's good. Brock Purdy can be good. We've got Xavier Hutchinson. He's pretty good. We'll figure it out. Turns out we're going to beat Oklahoma. Again, because John Haycock, the defensive coordinator for Iowa State, is a goddamn wizard. This guy, he's a kind of an asshole, actually, because what he does is he gives you hope in the first half. He's like, oh, man, we're moving the ball, we're getting yards, we're getting points, get all this stuff. It's going to be awesome. We're going to destroy Iowa State. And then they somehow ends up with like a one touchdown game at, the, at half. It's like 21 14 half. Or I don't know what the halftime score was. Who gives a shit? Um, but then John Haycock's like, I've caught you right where I want you. <laughs> and closes. He's a Venus flytrap. And Oklahoma and Spencer Rattler are the fly. And they flew directly in and they got their ass chomped because they did not do good in the second half at all. John Haycock ate their lunch. And obviously continued to move the ball really well. Brace Hall had a great game. Xavier Hutchinson had a long touchdown. It was great. Last play, last drive of the actually they were down for a little while, and then Canadian Wangu had a big kick return in the fourth quarter, which turned around the whole game. He had, it was kind of a theme for the 2020 season. Was Canadian Wangu had a big lots of big plays, and they did that. They went down and scored. Um, then Oklahoma's got the ball last. They've got a chance to tie the game up. And Spencer Rattler chucks it deep. Now, whenever, at least in that game in specific, whenever Spencer Rattler throws it far downfield, I am holding my breath in, in pure terror because I know that there's a receiver down there that's probably open, and he's probably going to hit him, and this is going to suck. Turns out there was a receiver, but he wasn't open. You know who was open? Sheem Young in the end zone. He picked that shit off, and it was great. And uh, I was staying in the winning 37-30. It's a really, really good game. Sheem Young kind of, that was his first, that was kind of his coming out moment, which turned in eventually turned into uh, Big 12 Defensive Freshman of the Year. Um, really good game. I State rattles off, after that, rattles off a bunch of wins. Um, against can't say enough about John Haycork. John Haycork. John Haycock, the one that 
it, his, his first name is only J O N. There's no H in that John. Um, but then we get to Oklahoma state. We kind of, we actually kind of had that circled on our calendars at the beginning of the season. Like this is the game that's going to be like, we think we can beat Oklahoma at home, but beating Oklahoma state at their place. I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, we had that at the beginning of that season, given how close Iowa state had or beaten Iowa state had played Oklahoma the last three years under Matt Campbell, even in 2016, when they were still in three and nine, played them close, beat them in 2017 at Oklahoma, played them again close in 2018. Better team in, in, in 2019 was so close. They lost uh, 45-41 or whatever, or 40, was it 43-42 or something like that, 42-41. It was like a one-point loss at Oklahoma again. They had only played them close. And 2020 comes around. We're like, we've got a good running back. We've got a good quarterback. We've got a good receiver. We can beat these guys. And so we had circled that. Not, we didn't have win, like penciled it in as a win, but it's like, this is a game we can win. The game at Oklahoma State felt like more of a long shot being there. Oklahoma State's pretty good. Um, before the season, this was when Oklahoma State was, this was when Oklahoma State was still perceived to be a real Big 12 contender. They've got Spencer Sanders. They've got Chuba Hubbard back. They've got Tylen Wallace back. They've got all these players back. They ended up not being as good as we thought they were going to be. But at the time, they were fully healthy. They had all these people. They were the number six team in the country. We went to their place, played a close game, threw like three interceptions or whatever it was. Didn't go super well. Um, but it is what it is. We kind of had that chucked up as a loss. And then after that, Iowa State was still in position because of Oklahoma's loss to Kansas State as well. They were kind of back, and we, you know, we had kind of a lot of the Big Twelve had kind of written off Oklahoma's like they're they're probably out. Um, we're gonna figure it out, which was obviously a mistake because Oklahoma's Oklahoma, and that's just what it's gonna be. Turns out, didn't affect Iowa State at all. Um, because we go on, we, you know, up to that point, it had been kind of herky jerky. Some parts of the games were good. Some parts of the games were bad. Brock Purdy was up and down. Brees Hall was really the only, and Brees Hall and the defense were really the only consistent parts of the season up to that point. Then the Baylor game comes around, <clears throat> and Brock Purdy throws three interceptions in the first half, including his first interception that he's ever thrown in the red zone. And I was losing at half. And then... Out of nowhere, good Brock Purdy and the really good defense show up. Brock Purdy starts lighting the fucking world on fire. Iowa State comes back, beats Baylor. Um, really, really incredible game. And from there on, up through really up until the Big Twelve game, Big Twelve championship, Iowa State had a really, really good run. Because right after that, the next week after the Baylor comeback, was Kansas State, Farmageddon. Um, Kansas State had, we had beaten Kansas State the pre, or sorry, we had beaten them in 2018, we lost in 2019, and then we come back in 2020, and we want to beat them, and we beat them 45 to nothing um, in a game that was the third of four unrepentant ass kickings of the Matt Campbell era. 45 nothing, pure bliss from start to finish. We got up like fourteen nothing, and and like in our group chat for wide right, we're talking about like 
I don't know, man. Something doesn't feel right. Kansas State's going to come back. I don't know. This, this, this game's going to get dumb somehow. I don't know how it is, but it's going to get dumb real quick. Turns out, never got dumb. I would say just kept smacking Kansas State all over the field. 45 nothing. So, <clears throat> coming into this next game at Texas, if Iowa State wins, they are virtually guaranteed outside of outside of one like totally bonkers situation. Iowa State has a chance to make it to the Big 12 championship game. Iowa State, Iowa State University is going to make it to the Big 12 championship game if they win at Texas. If they don't, the world the road is a lot harder because Texas owns tiebreakers and there's all sorts of weird situations that gets Texas in instead of Iowa State. They go down there. Texas takes a lead. They play Texas and Iowa State are very similar teams schematically. And actually, honestly, kind of personnel-wise, they're pretty similar teams. Um, not from a recruiting ranking standpoint, but just from an overall quality of roster standpoint, schematic standpoint, very similar teams. So is Ellinger better than Purdy or is Purdy <laughs> better better? Fuck than no. Brock Purdy's better. Sam Ellinger's a fullback. I don't give a fuck. Um Interesting. He's a he's a bum. I don't give a shit. Um, Texas takes the lead. Iowa State's kind of hanging with them for a long time. Sean Shaw has a really nice touch, touchdown reception, and then we get to later in the game. Iowa State gets the ball back with the opportunity to take the lead. They have sixty nine yards to go. Sixty nine yards to destiny. First is a. Is a, I believe it is a completion, or it's a, it's a run with Brees Hall up the middle. Then it's a completion to Dylan Sainer. And then it's a completion to Charlie Kohler. And suddenly they're at the five yard line of Texas with like a two minutes left. And right after that, they run a play. They don't go quite get in. Then Brees Hall punches it in for a touchdown to give Iowa State the lead at Texas with like a minute 20 left. Oh, I'm fucking losing my mind. In the living room, because Iowa State has the lead in a game that they're going to clinch a Big 12 championship. Losing my mind, but also throwing up inside out of anxiety. So are you a um, stand up and run around the room kind of guy, or are you the type that like sits at the edge of the seat and maybe anxiously looks at the TV screen? Yes. So both. It's like you're running around the room and when the, the when seat. when the play is happening, I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm like inching closer to the screen. I'm like making like all sorts of body of the movements. And then when the play happens, I'm fucking running around. There. I'm doing laps around the basement. You juicy wiggle. I, yes. Juicy wiggle. Um, not yet. Not, not yet. For juicy no, not yet. Not yet. So anyways, we get to Texas last drive and it's all up to seven Ellinger senior day. He's got to try to win his last game at Darrell K. Royal Memorial Stadium. Texas kind of living, almost kind of a living legend for Texas. Maybe Tom Herman fighting for his job. They get a couple completions up. They get up to like the 40-yard line. Now, Cameron Dicker is their kicker, and he's really good. Really good kicker. And he's made 58-yard field goals before. And he's got coming up like a 49-yard field goal to win the game. 49 yards with Cameron Dicker. 
Texas is probably feeling all right. Probably feeling pretty good, actually, because Cameron Dicker's a really good kicker. They get take a, take a snap. Sam Ellinger drops back. He kind of kind of moves around just a little bit in the pocket, and Latrell Bankson shows up out of nowhere and sacks Sam Ellinger. Knocks him back about six yards, or no, more than like eight yards. Now Texas has to try a 57-yard field goal to win the game. And we are all throwing up in our living rooms, full-on projectile vomiting out of anxiety in our living rooms. Because we've been, we, we're Iowa State fans. We've been here before. They're going to make this kick. They're going to. We're going to get kicked right in the balls. And it is what it is, just because that's what happens. And Michael Dicker lines up for the kick. He strokes it, and it's going right down the middle of the goalpost. For the first, like, 60, for the first, like, 40 yards of the kick. Right down the middle. We're like, fuck, he fucking made this, didn't he? A dicker can really stroke it. Well, it also probably should be noticed that Iowa State, Texas is the greatest kicker, the, the greatest possible kicker name matchup, because it's Michael Dicker versus Connor Sally, which his name is bad, like, Ass Alley. That's what you brought me on on this podcast for. Um, of course. Maturity and intellectual discussion. <sighs> okay, anyway, so we're about we're about 30 yards into this kick. It's dead down the middle. We're like, fuck me. I'm going to die. Got this is dumb. I hate football. This is the dumbest sport of all time. And then it starts moving left. And we all start getting... A little horny as it starts moving left. And it keeps moving left and moving left. And it goes past the goalpost wide left. And it's pure ecstasy. We made a reaction video on YouTube of this, of all the people, the fan reactions, stuff like that. Like, you would have thought we would have just won the Super Bowl. Like we like you would have thought we had just won the national championship, but Texas just missed a kick and we won. We won at Texas because it clinched our birth from the Big Twelve title game. We're all losing our fucking minds. We're playing juicy wiggle in our living rooms. It is great because after hundreds, after over a well over a hundred years of suffering of never getting there, so I run I run a website called Wide Right Netty Lake, and the first. For first part of that wide right, it goes back to the 2004 and 2005 seasons when Iowa State had a chance. All they had to do was make a field goal, and they would have clinched the Big 12 North and appeared in the Big 12 championship game, only to probably end up getting just ass pounded by Oklahoma. But whatever, who cares? We were there. That's what matters. And but we missed both of them, wide right, both of them. So that's where the wide right in our in wide right natty leg comes from. But the Texas kicker missed it wide left. And we went to the Big 12 title game from that. It was this weird moment where the universe was just like, you know what? You guys deserve this. And, he, and whatever your chosen deity is, just pushed it to the left. And sent Iowa State into the championship game. But before that, we had to play West Virginia, who up until uh, that game had registered the number one total defense in the entire country. Total defense, dumb stat. Best doesn't matter. stat ever. Best stat ever. Um, 
And in the West Virginia we can game, edit, game, we can edit you into saying that it's the greatest stat and put it in the promo. <laughs> yeah, we can mix that up. Wait, what, um, what is the best stat ever? Attendance. <laughs> um, and in the West Virginia game came the fourth unrepentant ass beating of the Matt, Matt Campbell era. Where West Virginia came in with the number one total defense in the country and got their ass beat 42 to six. And the only reason they had six points is because West Virginia's coach decided that they needed to kick two little field goals in the fourth quarter when they were down 42 to nothing. They decided they needed to kick some field goals to get on the board. What was their kicker's name? Fuck if I know. That's a weird name. <laughs> How's that fit? He must be uh, Slovakian or something. <laughs> uh, if it ends in an O, it's probably not Slovakia. It's probably like long name. Green. Maybe an African country? I don't know. Spain? No, Spain doesn't have long names. Greek. And then No, 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 no. Well, I was thinking about Greeks, but they like they like they're almost all of their names end in S. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Well, oh well, there's an A. There's, mm. there's, an, there's an O. Costa. Son of a bitch. Oh theory ruined. Throw my cork out of frustration. Careful with your cork. I'm sorry, Coco. Coco, my my dog is sniffing the cork now. Uh oh. Oh, she grabbed the cork. Fuck. Um. <laughs> exactly. You did that, she, like, It just landed on the ground. She, I just I like watched her. She just like just picked it up and put it in her mouth. I was like, "Fuck you." That's my cork. <laughs> We're not done yet. There's two more games. There's two more games. Um. So. I would say goes to the Big 12 title game playing Oklahoma again. And I go on this Oklahoma City radio station and I I deliver the most fucking ignorant game preview ever. This is like I mean this is this is in Oklahoma City. This is like Oklahoma City. This is Sooner territory all this. And I he's like what do you think? Oklahoma's defense is looking pretty good. I was like, fuck them. We're winning by two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, this fucking Oklahoma radio station. <laughs> and uh, the, the extraordinarily loud silence <clears throat> after I said that, they were like, excuse me? And I was like, you heard what I said, bitch. Um, now we lost, but... <laughs> It is what it is. I, I don't get a chance to be cocky about Iowa State football very often, so I'm going to take that opportunity when I can. And, uh, yeah, we lost to what is what it is. I mean, it's tough to do, beat a team twice in one season. We kind of showed up the first half anyways. Like You could see that Iowa State was kind of starstruck a little bit. Shim Young got ejected like third play of the game or something like that. It was kind of dumb, but it is what it is. But... Iowa State made the Fiesta Bowl to play Oregon. And I, let, let, me tell you, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about Oregon. 
<clears throat> so Oregon has like two podcasts, like two. They've got Odds and Audibles, which is done by their 247 site, and they've got this, and then they've got a YouTuber. That's like it, which which surprised me considering how big Oregon is. Not Iowa big. State's got, I mean, like 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 the program Oregon. You'd like you'd think you'd have like quite a bit of stuff to talk about because they're Oregon. It's a good program. That's like two podcasts. Iowa State alone has like five. Where for Iowa State, but anyways. We're talking, so we're listening to these to these Oregon podcasts leading up to the game, and they're talking about Oregon's got the ninth most talented roster in the country because of recruiting rank, or no, sorry, the twelfth most talented roster in the country because of recruiting rankings. Like obviously, it's never faced a team like this before, and we're like, "You're right, we haven't faced a team like this before." If number five and number nine don't exist, because Texas and Oklahoma are in this conference, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're talking about how they're going to do all this, whatever. So, anyways, when we get to the Fiesta Bowl. Technically, they were right. You hadn't faced the 12th. You're right. We, best they, they are right. We had not faced the 12th. We had not faced the third best recruiting team on the count, on the schedule <laughs> up to this point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They they weren't wrong. That's true. Um, Iowa State went out and. <laughs> Destroyed Oregon. Um, it was not close because Iowa State controlled possession for that game forever, like forty-two minutes of possession or something like that. For that game. Right. Yep. I mean, they were like they were pushing like Surface Academy level of time of possession, and just obliterated Oregon. I understand that Oregon was kind of had some COVID problems. The Pac-12 is the Pac-12. They had kind of their thing where you know Oregon wasn't even supposed to be the Pac-12 champion. They weren't even supposed to be in the game. Washington just couldn't play because of COVID, so Oregon got put in there and then they beat USC. So that's like I get it. But Iowa State, one of the worst college football programs of all time, shows up and beats Oregon. But Mm-hmm. It was good. That was a good day. But if you really look at it, though, I Matt Campbell from the beginning took a a team that had won eight ga- <laughs> eight games in three seasons and took them and won a Fiesta Bowl within five years. That's rem- that is remarkable. And not just and it wasn't just a, a one year hit. I mean, they they had one bad year and then they won a Liberty Bowl and then they went to the Allen Bowl and then they went they played Notre Dame in a bowl game the next year. And then they played Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl their fifth year and they beat their ass up and down the field the whole game. They owned that game. I mean it's remarkable the 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 turnaround that Matt Campbell created at Iowa State. Hey, can we rewind a little bit to talk about? I, I know we spent at least like we can rewind all you want, seconds talking about how bad Oklahoma beat Iowa State in the Big Twelve Championship game. I'd you like won to- by a touchdown, a touchdown, and Brock Purdy had a chance at the end of the game to win it if Chase Allen would have caught the fucking ball. I don't want to hear it. 
the better team lost. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Um, let me drink this. Let me drink. Let me drink this absolutely molten lava that is. That so we talked about like eight hundred thirty seconds about beating Oregon. Um, I just you know wanted to make sure we spent more than twelve seconds on the uh, Oklahoma. It didn't matter. Iowa State. It didn't matter. Iowa State was a better team. I'm an unrepentant homer. I don't even care. <laughs> really? <laughs> I got I got no problems with chair for Iowa State. I feel like I... <clears throat> you know... Yeah. I agree. Right now... It's just a good time to be an Iowa State football fan. <laughs> I'm fucking happy, man. Cause, so, like, my site... The site that I run, we made we kind of made a legacy off of self deprecating humor. We made like we made like after the two thousand fourteen season, I think we made a YouTube video that was just a bunch of Iowa State highlights with um in the arms of an angel by Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> like help I help end Iowa State football abuse after Iowa State lost by like sixty to TCU, and we've gone from that to destroying Oregon in a Fiesta Bowl. Like, the turnaround in five years is absurd. For a, for a school that is not... I mean, that would, be a, that, that would be a remarkable for any school, for a Vanderbilt, for whoever. Like, not, not just... In a, I would say it's not just any school. It's a school that has no history. No history whatsoever. Iowa has, from a recruiting standpoint... There's some offensive linemen and there's some linebackers here. Other than that, virtually nothing. Not a recruiting bed. They're not close to anything. Like we're not really close to any recruiting big recruiting states. I mean, like Texas and Ohio are probably the closest, but they're not really that close. You know, like like Illinois has a little bit. Minnesota has a little bit, but not much. Um, Michigan, I guess, is probably maybe the closest like decent recruiting state. Um, no recruiting base to speak of, no history to speak of. They're not like a big money school. And they go out and they grab a guy like Mike Rose, who's an all-American linebacker out of Ohio, out of Brexville, Ohio. That was a low three-star guy that virtually anybody in the country would want to have in their linebacking group right now. I mean, for him to do what he's done at Iowa State is remarkable and that and that's why that's why he's getting thrown around for all these big jobs for ohio state for florida state for tennessee whoever you know whoever any job any remotely appealing job that comes open matt campbell gets gets offered you know he gets he gets rumored that he's you know he's talking to the lions or he's talking to the jets or he's you know he's talking about going to florida state or he's talking about going to arkansas or whatever and he doesn't even give him the time of day. He doesn't even pick up the phone. Tennessee called two years ago and it's like, hey, we want you here for He's like, fuck you, I don't care. Just hang, just hung up the phone. For Matt Campbell, Iowa State is a better job than well, up to this point, everybody. <laughs> I mean, obviously Ohio State hasn't like come barking yet or Notre Dame or anything like that. But the NFL has come talking to him. 
He clearly views Iowa State as a better job than the New York Jets or the Miami Dolphins or the Houston Texans. He's built different, man. He's just different. He's not job. He's not job hunting. He's not looking for a big payday. He's not looking for name recognition. The dude just loves coaching football. He loves the challenge of being at a school like Iowa State, where we may we may never get a five star recruit. We get four stars here and there, but we may never get a five star recruit. But he still turns them in. And, and as Brees Hall was now famously quoted after the Texas game, it's five-star culture versus five-star players. And he rides that culture. He preaches it. He recruits it. Every single player you, that he recruits comes in, and they are they, they, they epitomize that five-star culture. For, Trust if, the if process. You ask, if, you ask any five, if you ask any Iowa State fan, like look at look at the offense or the defense and find me a player that does that's not a leader. They're a good player, but they're not a leader. There isn't one out there. You can say you can look at the defensive line of Annie Wazariki. He's been here for like four years. He's been here a long time. He's he's a captain. Mike Rose, he's been here for three he's played for three full seasons. He's a captain. He's an all American linebacker. Greg Eisworth, he's been he was a transfer. You know, transfers, you know, JUCO transfers don't typically become the leaders in your program. Great guys worth his. And you know, on the offense, you look at anywhere on that offense, you can't find, you can't point to a, a single player on that offense that doesn't look like a leader. They don't look like they led, that doesn't look like they bought into Matt Campbell's process to his culture, whatever it is. And that's, that's the whole thing is that he, he recruits, he lives, he breathes, he eats. Everything that he talks about in press conferences, and it's just, it's really impressive. He cares about his players deeply. I mean, not just as players. He doesn't just care about them as what can you do for me on the field. It's, I mean, he, he turns them into really impressive young men off the field. You know, a couple of years ago, uh, Marshalltown, which is a city in central Iowa, about 45 minutes from Ames, was hit by a really bad tornado, tore up the whole city square, um, leveled a bunch of buildings. And who was out there the next day cleaning up rubble? The entire Iowa State football team, every single one of them. They were out there moving bricks, picking up trees, clearing debris, everything. They were helping clear up this town. They've um, helped sandbag, oh, you know, sandbag the stadium to keep away floods. You know, they've done a lot of different things. And... It, it, it's difficult to overstate how lucky Iowa State is to have Matt Campbell. But the interesting thing, though, is it's not just a, it's not just a good coach that showed up at Iowa State and he's going to use us to do what he needs to do and move on. He's not a, he's not a, um, he's not a Lane Kiffin. He's not a, um, a. Few are. What was that? Few are Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin's in his class by himself. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, but, he, but he's not. He's not job hopping. He's not. He's not. He's not trying to look for the next bigger job. He's not. The guy doesn't have an agent. He doesn't have an agent. If you care about money, 
you hire an agent because they deal with the money for you. Matt Campbell doesn't have an agent. When he said a couple years ago that he said he doesn't know how much he makes, I legitimately believe that. When COVID hit last last spring, um, it was announced that there was going to be a bunch of budget cuts, a bunch of salaries were going to get cut. Um, people were going to have to take uh, but have to take salary cuts and all this, all this assistance and stuff like that. We actually found this out from Jamie Pollard that his that Matt Campbell's financial advisor called Jamie Pollard and said, "Hey, by the way, Matt's going to call you here pretty soon, and he wants to cover his assistance pay." Matt Campbell, out of his own pocket, covered the pay cut for all of his assistants last season out of his own pocket. Who does that? Who does that? Nobody does that. It's a coach. He gets paid for what, three and a half million or something like that. And he covered the pay cuts for all of his assistants. Whenever he, you know, negotiates for a contract extension, he gets more years, basically the same pay and all of his assistants make more money and they start adding onto the stadium or they start building a $117 million sports performance center, or they're going to announce a $200 million Iowa state center renovation where they're going to basically turn it in to a Kansas city power and light district up in Ames. All he does, all he does is everything you could ask from a coach, everything he, he doesn't job hop. He doesn't say dumb stuff. He doesn't, he takes accountability. Like if, if we lose the game, he takes accountability. He taught, he loves his players in and out. I mean, he is, if you are writing, a, <laughs> if you are writing a book, <laughs> what you want from a coach, from a head coach, Matt Campbell is who you would want. But, <clears throat> I mean, it's difficult to not look back. You know, a, a lot of other, a lot of other programs would look back and say, you know, he's great. He's done with a lot, a lot of football games, and just wait in. But for Iowa State, he's he's so much more. Um, he's not just a football coach. He's he is. Even if he left tomorrow. The, the guy deserves a statue in Ames. Not just because he won, he's won a football, bunch of football games. But it, it really is hard not to be romantic about Matt Campbell. The guy loves it. The guy loves Iowa State. And we love him back. I love Matt Campbell. There you have it. That is the story. And these are the college football stories. Was it 100% accurate? Yeah, that sounds right. Follow us on Twitter at the CFB Stories. Also, see all of our inebriated storytelling podcasts as part of the Stories Podcast Network at the Stories Pods on Twitter as our guests rewrite the past across various sports. Alcoholic drinks are consumed voluntarily by our guests at their own discretion. Please drink responsibly.
That's totally cool. I've got enough alcohol to kill me, so we'll see what happens first. <clears throat> Not much wine left. Perfect. That's I'm our good. That's Okay. Oh, Shut up. Just kidding. We're out of wine. Okay. I told you it'd be gone by the end. By the time we started yeah, recording. I know. That was perfect. <laughs> All right. right I'm back. Okay. You want to go body? We were talking about the new stat that you were trying to determine the Yigbarstad. You talked about Yigbarstad. What? Well, there was there was YPC. We discussed yards per yards carry per earlier. carry. This is right. yards gained by a slower than opposing defender running back. So this is the David Montgomery stat. What? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we were talking about how yards per carry can sometimes be an offensive lineman. Oh, my God. Yeah. But this one is when you're already slower than everybody else on the field and you gain more yards than other people who aren't slower than everybody else on the field. See, that's the thing, though, is we found out with the Bears that Dave Montgomery ain't slow. But I know know where you're going with this, and it's totally fine. At least on one run. Because we did think that he was slow for a long time. Um yeah, Dave Montgomery is a badass. He's got a stiff arm that'll kill a bear if you can even get a if you can even get a hand on him. Ridiculous! He's a ridiculous running back. He was. Is that, uh, is that why the Chicago Bears did not do well? Because his stiff arms kill bears. Um, actually, if you watch the last few games of the season when they were good, and they decided like, hey, we should give Dave Montgomery the ball. Turns out, pretty fucking good running back. Yeah. When they were like, when they were like, let's give it to him like twelve times a game. Yeah, he can't do much. When you give it to him like twenty times a game, turns out Dave Montgomery's pretty good. Well, you, uh, I, I just have well, to you say, Jeremy, for me, Jeremy yeah. stepping in there and saying that at, right after you mentioned Levi that yeah, stiff arms could kill a bear, and Jeremy just rolls right in there seamlessly and mentions that it kills his new current NFL team, which is known as the Bears, because he right. stiff arm. I just that was priceless. Thank you for explaining my joke. It's so much funnier when you do that. Yes. <laughs> Levi, will you, before we get off of David Montgomery, will you, are you aware of the uh, David Montgomery running back Frankenstein graphic? Oh, yes. Okay. Well aware of that. Oh, yes. What are your it's thoughts? my favorite graphic. It might be mine, too. It's because it is, it, it, it's my favorite because it is simultaneously completely ridiculous and also not untrue. Like it's like it it has some relevance, but also completely ridiculous graph or graphic, because it sets an unreal, a totally unrealistic expectation for David, even though like what they were trying to do actually kind of makes sense. Yeah, but it's it might, it's a totally it ridiculous graphic. Kind of true right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, at I, these like, stages it, of their career. Like when like when I Saquon's feet on a torn ACL. Right. Right. Uh, vision of Le'Veon Bell behind his smoke visor on the bench. We got Zeke, st- strength of Zeke. I don't know what to say there, Kyle. You can. We're not touching that. Right about that. Yeah. And then uh, athleticism of Sonny Michelle. Haven't seen him in a while. So. I mean, he. When he gets the ball. I like David Montgomery, Levi. David Montgomery is a great player. I love I love David. <clears throat> Earlier we were talking about when uh, Brock Purdy threw his first touchdown pass against Oklahoma. Oh, uh, pure sex appeal. Yeah. So Brock Purdy th- 
threw that to, to which wide receiver again? To Oklahoma State, you mean? Well, I I mean that. I'm just Oklahoma State. His first touchdown pass was Akeem Butler in the, in the in the side of the end zone. Akeem caught it, and there was like he can't. He dragged his left left foot. No, right foot. Wait, is it his right or your right? No, Hakeem Butler's right foot. Okay, stage right. It's always that. It's always the right foot. What are you talking about? This is ridiculous. Give me like the top three if we came to Ames for a college football weekend. Like top three things, either bars, restaurants, breweries, whatever. What do we have to do or go to? Okay. So. Okay. Matt Campbell's house. Matt Campbell's office. His parking spot. Future spot for a statue. So my my ideal Matt Campbell statue is much like the Colossus of Rhodes. It is going to be Matt Campbell, roughly 200 feet tall, straddling Jack Trice Stadium, and he's got a giant penis bulge running down to his knee. He's got balls the size of small apartment buildings. Something Um, the children can enjoy. Yeah, Something the children can enjoy. (laughs) Randy with the wheelbarrow, <laughs> and you're gonna see like you'll see you'll see 200 feet tall Matt Campbell from the Des Moines airport. It's fine. Um, There's a Des Moines airport. It's the airport. <laughs> no Ames airport. <laughs> there, there is one. There is an Ames Municipal Airport that like the team plane flies Ames International. Yeah. So like, like Iowa State's plane flies out Amesing higher. It's got one of those what? Canadian codes like XQB or something. It is funny though, because it's kind of funny that because Iowa State has kind of a Canada connection with basketball, and starting to we've got Canadian players on the football team now. But those aren't real. Okay, things. so if you're visiting Ames, I would first for brunch, especially, but really any meal, honestly, go to the cafe. It's really good. Just, just um, the cafe. It's called Whatever the cafe. That's that's oh. what it's called. It's the cafe. Okay. <clears throat> um, cornbread barbecue is very good. Um, but it's not Texas barbecue, so uh, it's it's pretty damn close. Okay. Um, mm. I mean, if you talk to Fran Frischilla, the place to go is Hickory Park. He loves Hickory Park. Um, that's kind of like the stereotypical Ames restaurant. It's, I mean, it's it's good, but it's not as good as the other ones. I don't think. Um, actually, my personal favorite is probably Wallabies. Wallabies is really really good. Um, it's kind of it's more just American food, but it's it's really really good. So Levi, I've got a you know full disclosure here. My wife. Uh, and her family hail from Iowa, and apparently, you know, so she's trying to sleep in the background, so the camera's off right now. But uh, apparently, my little slight at the uh, municipal air co- airport code there <laughs> set her off, and she was able to come out of a deep sleep to say, "Hey, shut up, DSM, all the way." So, yes, DSM. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, Graham. Sorry, honey. So, yeah, I, I mean, I would say those are probably 
as far as bars go, um, I'm going to plug our sponsor because it is a very good bar, but um, Estas Bar and Grill Names has their tacos are ridiculous. Um, uh, my co host, Margie Murdoch, he's pay for you read each time. What's the discount code? The, tacos the, uh, are ridiculous. the free tots. Um, <laughs> there is no discount code, but what there is is a is that every day from 11 to 3, all you can eat tacos for eight bucks. Jeez. What a what a great deal! And Wednesday is Wednesday is four dollar cheeseburger baskets, cheeseburger and cheese balls for four dollars. I miss challenge. Challenge That's you to find a better value. Basket. That's Iowa as fuck. <laughs> unlimited, unlimited tacos. Not just any tacos though, but like per my per my co-host Marchie, who's from Dallas, Texas. Genuine Texas. Iowa tacos. Dallas, Texas. That sounds fancy. From Dallas, Texas. Insist that they are better than Texas tacos. So, yeah. Well, Fort Worth thinks Dallas sucks. So. Well, he lives in Arlington, so nothing matters. Um. Anyways, very good tacos. Eleven to three every single day. Unlimited tacos for eight dollars. Oh, challenge so, accepted. I'm down. Yes, please. Let's let's go over do our yes, please. They were gonna give you like, like if you were going somewhere else and they were gonna give you eight dollars worth of tacos, like. I mean, obviously there would be a limit. What would that number be? I mean, I mean, I mean, I think most, most restaurants limit like eight dollars. Like if you buy eight dollars worth of tacos, that's like maybe three tacos, three or four, three, maybe three. Russell four, Wilson, most, unlimited. Most. So if you're gonna hit up the unlimited tacos, unlimited tacos. I mean, you're 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 easily plowing through. I don't know, ten or twelve of them. Oh, so you're you're like eating like twenty four to thirty two dollars worth of tacos. Yes. Four, it's four hours. So what Kyle's alluding to is there's a there's a rich tradition in you North get Texas. Four, you get four hours of tacos. <laughs> That's a good way to measure. That's appropriate. <laughs> but in North Texas, what we'll do is we'll uh, you know high schoolers will typically pool their money together. So they'll put they'll throw down like twenty dollars on the table, and it compel the local Taco Bell to deliver up seven thousand fucking tacos. So funny. So funny story. <laughs> after the, after that West Virginia game, I was yeah, talking I about in 2018. The second unrepentant ass, and kick, ass kicking of the Matt Campbell era. Um, after that West Virginia game, the Taco Bell in Ames ran out of food. <laughs> <laughs> Completely out of food. So, hey, Rich, Rich, that's that's the that headline of the podcast. <laughs> Taco Bell in Ames ran out of food. <laughs> that's major out of what, they, what they pour out of little pastry yes. things and feed people, <laughs> but they were never out of food. So and it's worth noting too at the Liberty Bowl in 2017 when we were at Memphis, we found out we literally eliminated the supply of bush light in Memphis. That's a was, day for any city. When when Iowa State left Memphis, there was zero cans of bush light in the Memphis metropolitan area. This is a this is a serious question. You. When you were mentioning earlier about getting like a pizza at the gas station, that's like a real thing in Iowa, right? Oh, Casey's Pizza is fucking yeah. legendary up here, man. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's literally like two houses down from here. So when I lived in Ohio, like people think it's normal in Ohio to like get ice cream scooped at a gas station. Yeah. 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 And that's, yep. that's fucking disgusting. And no, actually, no, there's, there's, there are some really good gas station ice creams in, in Ohio. You legitimately, yeah. Yeah. and here it's gas station pizza, and actually specifically breakfast pizza. 
Yeah, yeah. No, do they have other ones? I've just heard of the breakfast pizza, but do they have like? Can you get like a pepperoni pizza? Yeah, you get a regular fucking pizza. (laughs) Um, actually, actually, funny enough, the what has anybody in this podcast heard of taco pizza? No, no. We are all civilized human beings. There's a distinctly it's a lie, but no, have not heard of it. So taco, pizza, taco Bells have run out of food. So taco pizza was invented in Iowa. It's basically instead of instead of sauce, they use taco sauce. They use taco meat instead of regular ground beef, and then they put cheese, lettuce, tomato, and then they bake it. And then at the end, they put on a bunch of Doritos, crunched up Doritos, and they put it on top. <laughs> And sour cream. You guys so realize this, that in Iowa, day? you're like That's pretending classy. to be Tex-Mex, which is pretending to be Mexican. Like, was this the day like after the, the, uh, the pretending to be? Was this the day after the Taco Bell outage, and they just like went next door to Pizza Hut? Taco Taco Pizza is like. You a... fold, could you possibly fold that slice into a taco shape? Because that's <laughs> oh, absolutely. I really exactly. need to eat that form of food right now. And actually, what I found out too is that taco, like taco pizza, is kind of an Iowa thing. But apparently, really, apparently no, putting no Doritos on, the, apparently putting Doritos on the pizza is actually an Eastern Iowa thing. I think it's a, an extraordinarily <laughs> regional food. And uh, dude, okay, if you ever, if you, if you come to, Ames, if you ever like, come to Iowa, if you like, if you were going to come to Ames and you were going to like come to my tailgate, so what you do first? Well, that's an invite, right? Bre- what? That's an invite, right? Like, yeah, hundred percent is an invite. Damn um, yeah. Oh, that's that's one thing you'll you'll see if you if you come to an Iowa State an Iowa State football game, if you just walk around the tailgates tailgate lots, and just kind of like look at the person, like look at one of the people in the tailgates, they'll offer you a beer. Like, if you have if you have to like pay for beer in an Iowa State game, you're fucking you're doing it so wrong. Um, but. If you were going to come to one of my tailgates, I'd have you bring. We'll, we'll have we'd have a, a Casey's breakfast pizza waiting for you, so you could try that the bacon pizza. Then we first start off with, um, well, there's two options. So what I what I usually start off with is I mix champagne and with peach tea. Um, it's really good. Honestly, that's what um, you usually start with. That's what I start I guess with. We got and the right guy for this show, folks. Well, okay, so you start off with champagne and peach tea, and that's what you drink while you're setting up the tents and stuff like that. And then once you're done setting up, then you switch to um, we do. This is a family thing. This is like our thing. This is not an Iowa State thing, but it's sounds like thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is that we take white Russians and you put cocoa crisp in it and eat, eat it like cereal? Oh my god! The dude abides. All right. Yep, that's exactly because I I originally kind of stole that idea from a bar in Reykjavik, Iceland, called the Lebowski Bar, and they have served 23 different kinds of white Russians. And one of them is an off-menu white Russian where they will bring you out a small box of cocoa puffs, and you can eat it out of like a box. Of, you can eat it out like cereal. So that's what we do. We are tables. legit proud of you guys. You found a bar that serves twenty-three white Russians, and you found the off-menu version. Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> at, so I tell you, I, start, I start with peach tea and champagne. As soon as I'm bottom, done with the bottle of champagne, at, when we're done setting up the tailgate, then you go to white Russians with cocoa crisps. So you have your morning cereal. As and then one we does. go, yes, as one does, and then we probably switch to probably switch to bush light. After that, you start just start crushing bush light for a while while we're eating. Then we'll have we'll have um, lunch. Like if it's like a two o'clock kickoff or something, or two thirty kickoff, we'll like um, we'll have lunch there. We'll have um, probably some sort of either burgers or maybe some sort of barbecue, or and we'll have a bunch of different sides. Like when you say barbecue and, in Iowa, what do you mean by? Barbecue? Well, you got to remember that barbecue. I, 
You got to you got to remember that Iowa produces more more pork than all but two countries in the world. If so, I if Iowa was its own country, we would be the third largest pork producing country in the world. Pork. Iowa's like signature dish is like is a fried pork tenderloin because there is nobody that does a fried pork tenderloin sandwich better than we do. Um those things are massive. Yes, they are. Oh my god, that's a meal. They're the size of your fucking head. But we do kind of combine a few different things where it's probably like 75% Texas, 25% Kansas City is probably is probably what Iowa Iowa barbecue looks like usually. Um, but we do definitely do we definitely do more pork than beef because we are the largest producing we're the largest producing pork state in the country by like uh, like we like double the second place state. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.